0: Coming up this week off screen, Owen Wilson and his family find there's no escape from a civil uprising. We spend some time with me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Jesse Eisenberg is American Ultra. The Transporter gets refuelled in. Can you guess the name of the film? The Transporter Refuelled. And Meryl Streep introduces us to Ricky and the Flash. All of those to come and more off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen.
1: Off screen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is
0: Offscreen, the on screen radio show.
1: Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Conner. My name is Case Allen. So, should we start uh, with Ricky and the Flash, this yeah, weekend, Case? This is uh, Meryl Streep. Is she back on Oscar-winning form? Well, that's the thing, isn't
0: it? Because you go into the film and you do think,
1: right, so, yeah. what's she getting nominated for this year? Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and, yeah, so, of course, this is the uh, the latest... Is it Jonathan Dem or Ted Dem? One uh, of them Jonathan. Is, Jonathan. Jonathan,
1: because Teddy's Teddy's departed, sadly, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. And Jonathan, yeah. okay, so... Silence of the Lambs and, Was it Ted Jonathan. who
0: did the Silence of the Lambs? Or no, no, Jonathan? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan did
1: Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia. Ted did comedies, didn't he? Because yes, he did the yes. Dennis Leary one I love yeah. so much. It's kind of like a Ridley Scott, Tony Scott. Dynamic, I guess it is. Yeah. Although in
0: that case, I think we we, we we lost the more talented Scott. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I prefer. Yeah, I, I would agree there. But uh, so obviously, this is from Jonathan Dem and this is uh, Meryl Streep as aging rocker Ricky and her band, her backup band, of The Flash. Hence the rather clever title. Um, having been estranged from her family for what seems to be several decades, Ricky is contacted by her ex-husband, played by Kevin Klein, And isn't it nice to see Kevin Klein? It's back great to see Kevin Kline. Yeah. nice. I miss him. He's he great. In F- yeah. Yeah he's yeah, Dave isn't he Yeah Dave. He Dave. He's, he's Dave He's the president her. Yeah I once got a fish This big So uh, Meryl Streep is contacted By her ex-husband Played by Kevin Kline Who tells her that uh, Her daughter Her now adult daughter Played by Mamie Gummer Who is in fact Of course Meryl Streep's yeah. Real daughter uh, Has been cheated on Is going through a divorce And is going off the rails And if she could spare the time Would Ricky really mind Coming home and cheering up her kid Here's a clip <laughs> I don't
1: have any money you have a credit card? Yeah, but it's still linked to Max's account. Oh, that's not a problem. <laughs> Hop in! Not more than half an inch. I can feel how much you're cutting. Someday you're going to find a gray hair, and I don't mean on your head. <laughs> Look like Nosferatu. Oh, don't worry. They file them down. That's one ninety on the card, and you can add whatever it
0: Let's leave a nice big one, shall we? Right, so you can't really have missed this, because there seems to be sort of a weird hype around this. Like It's, is, it's not yeah. Oscar hype, it's sort of you-will-love-this-movie kind of a hype. Yeah, it's kind of your mum's going to love it, and your auntie. And probably you, yeah. It is very much. That's and it. then you actually get to, as you're going to, as you get nearer the film, you think, okay, it's Diablo Cody. How well's this really mm. going to go? Because Diablo Cody is a bit of a ropey one. It can be a bit
1: sketchy. Sometimes she can be really, really good, sometimes really, really bad.
0: And here's the strange thing about Ricky and the Flash. It, 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 it says once and for all that Diablo Cody has uh, lost her edginess somewhat because th- there was always the thing with Diablo Cody where the rough edges of her writing were what made her writing so enjoyable. It's mm. what made Juno so enjoyable because that, that was really the first teen Mumblecore flick, I would argue. I think. Uh,
1: one of the first, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it, it kind of brought a lot of people to the. It did. It made court, Mumblecore, yeah. I
0: would say, more mainstream, more, toler- mm. more tolerable than the mainstream, I think. And yeah. it was done in that deceptively teenage package, even it though it really yeah. isn't that much of a teen movie in a sense. And also, it made a star out of Alan Page, really. Um, But here, Diablo Cody's rough edges seem to have just been polished away, buffed out, smoothed out. And it shows uh, in in terms of how much you enjoy the film, because when the film gets to the uh, the the more in your face family dynamic, we all have differences. We're we're Mm. family. We don't like each other, but we (laughs) love each other. That kind of aesthetic. Diablo Cody's inner element, and it works. When he gets to the plot mechanics, the film is so middle of the road. Like just mm. really, I mean this. This thing is narrowly avoiding traffic. Really That's, going for emotions, wasn't yeah. It? yeah. Real and particularly as it comes to the close of the film, it goes really. Pardon the term, it goes really Hollywood. <laughs> and you, it does, doesn't drive yeah. with the film. Just from the trailers, it seems to have that kind of sheen to it. It, it is. Yeah. It is way too polished for one thing. I mean, put it this way: for, for a you know fifty-ish rocker chick, mm. Ricky is uh, rather a clean cut. I, I will say. I mean. Yeah. Meryl Streep's version of an off the rails movie. I don't record. know if that just comes from Meryl, though. I think I think Meryl Streep is slightly too clever. I don't think it's that. I think mm. it is. There is a directorial stance. I think that, that he's made, we're making a polished family drama. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be a visual or tonal effort to give it much mm. in the way of grit or
1: bite or very similar to. I do very much like it. the idea of it. I like the idea. The I think it's great. I just don't know if Meryl. Obviously, Meryl is Queen Meryl. Maybe Susan Sarandon could no, have done something like this. Like Janey, or Alison Janney. or just said Susan Sarandon a while back when we had that conversation. Potentially, yeah. Means, I love Susan Sarandon. So. I mean, who doesn't? i say, yeah. But, I mean, Meryl Streep uh, is enjoying Tim, herself. Tim Robbins. Past, past that's who ran, doesn't love. So, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, <laughs> possibly Sean Penn, not sure. Mm. Um, so, Meryl Streep is enjoying herself here. And it shows. And it's hard not to get into the sort of infectious spirit that she provides. Because yeah. Meryl Streep. She okay. does that yeah. very well. When she's having fun, you're having fun. That's always been Meryl Streep's thing. That's what made I rewatched Death Becomes Her recently, and it's always been there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Kevin Klein, great as I sort of put upon dad, but not really given that much of a part, save mm. for a couple of token scenes. And then, of course, the the, the elephant there really is Mamie Gummer, um, whom yes, yeah, she 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 great performance and everything but there's no movie star quality to her (laughs) there's no lead quality to her at all either Mm. she's not a particularly engaging performer and you do feel like what you are watching is you know hollywood sanctioned nepotism at its finest okay and you cannot avoid that And when you've got the middle of the road nature of the film as well and that very in your face sort of nepotism it's hard not to walk away with a bit of a sour taste after mm. afterwards particularly given the very hokey way in which it closes
1: so maybe watch it on a Sunday afternoon with your mum if there's nothing else on
0: probably my mum would love it actually the, the thing with Ricky and the Flash all yeah. the way through I kept thinking remember, remember Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage when he keeps do going I? when he keeps saying I'm Ricky, I'm Ricky! <laughs> it, was, it was that kind of I watched film. that recently actually I love that movie so when it good. came out I was, I, that was a very fun to palm a flick yeah. right some film news then let's do some film news uh, there's some bits even I didn't know because obviously okay. i am been out the loop all day today. Absolutely, experience. yeah. Um, so Selena Gomez. Uh, oh na- yes. Yeah, she yeah, apparently yeah. has joined the the cast of uh, Bad Neighbors Two or Neighbors Two yep. colon Sorority, sorority Rising.
1: Rising. I hate that. I and, hate uh, the subtitle.
0: Uh, to play a rival for Chloe Moretz. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Actually, you know what? As an on-screen yeah. sort of pairing, I could see that kind of working. Because so I thought she would fit into this kind of a Dave Franco role. So, yeah, yeah I thought you know that I mean? that it would be she would be the sort of token
0: best friend mm. kind. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not terribly sure where this plot's going to go because it doesn't seem straightforward. I half expected it would just be the same concept again. Yeah, but stick know, with what worked. First stick time. with what worked. Yeah. We'll just change the gender of the of the you know the Absolutely, enemy next yeah. door, and that's it. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Mark Ruffalo has uh, mm. revealed that Hulk was included originally in Captain America: Civil War, yeah. a film which is going to come up later in a in another story, <laughs> which is far far darker. Yeah. Um, Civil War was originally going to feature uh, mm. Mark Ruffalo's take on the Hulk. Mm. Uh, apparently, though, he was cut, and the, the the line has been: "We're saving him for something bigger." Yes, that's so, what he said. Yeah, well,
1: that's, that's teasing, isn't it? That is really mm. teasing. Why is it? What I
0: mean, we shall see. I love that they've not overexposed the Hulk. No pun intended. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but you know, y- you don't want it to feel too. I want more Hulk, but I don't. Yeah, if I yeah. say it, yeah, in small doses. In small doses, yeah. Small radiation doses. <laughs> uh, Jason Momoa, have you heard of this like, this film he's doing? Oh, he's a lumberjack and he's okay. He is yeah. a lumberjack
0: <laughs> and he's okay. He's gonna be a lumberjack battling drug runners yes. in a movie called Braven. <laughs>
1: How called it? Braven,
0: is it, right? right. I, no, I'm picturing, I'm picturing the opening of Commando when Schwarzenegger was just casually walking on, carrying the log yeah. over, his, over his shoulder. When he's
1: got the ice cream for the kids. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's one of my favourite openings to is ever. Great. Yeah. And In fact, back when you used to run the film quiz at City mm. didn't you once use the intro music from Commando
1: for the guest the intro <laughs> Yes, row? I did. Not many people got it as well. <laughs> oh, I did. Because you can't mistake that brilliant thing. It was one of those instances where you played it and people were like, what's this? And then when you tell them, they were like, oh, of <laughs> course it is. I was always shocked how
0: many people didn't get the uh, "Can You Dig It?" theme from Iron Man Three, but that's just oh, yes. Right, uh, this is news that will bring a tear to Chris Wilson's eye when he hears it. A live-action Mega Man movie is coming. Now, okay, the video game thing. Yeah, you know, could I'm not, not could too not. familiar with
1: Mega Man, so I can't. I'm not as invested as what Wilson would be. Did you ever see Astro Man a couple of years ago? In like uh, 2009. Yeah, I did have that on pleasure. Um, I, I think I know why you saw Astro Boy. Sorry, Astro Boy. No, Astro
0: Boy. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, I know why you saw it because didn't Nicolas Cage provide the voice of someone in the film? I, think? I forget who, either yes. the creator or Astro yeah. Boy himself. It's not Astro Boy. Yeah, but he's basically that plot. He yeah. is like a. He like a, it's like a Commander Data, but he's a warrior kind <laughs> of a figure. Um, but say so based on the teen video games based around the character. Yeah. It's going to. I think it'll be huge. It's going to be nerd central when that movie comes out. Expect a lot of merchandise. When is on that it. coming out? Well, there's no uh, set date or anything. Okay. Yeah, it's just just something. Fox have now put honest. it into active development with the producers of the uh, Planet of the Apes, the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Really. So That's yeah. that should be interesting. I mean That'd they could they can obviously produce good work and I think mean, mm. there's but wait, there's enough meaningful emotional stuff and character arcs that you can draw out of Mega Man I think. Okay. On then to American Ultra, which this has been advertised uh, quite heavily I think over the last couple of weeks. It it has probably cuz it didn't do that well in the states. It, didn't and it's no. gotten quite bad pre-release reviews. Pretty are, scathing, yeah. Pretty scathing. My favourite one was The Guardian, who said it was as funny as smoking oregano. So I <laughs> shall see. What's is is that from
1: personal experience? Have you tried it? I, I, I don't know who at The Guardian has been smoking oregano. I've <laughs> been told, but it was weed. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the <all we> got
0: <laughs> But uh, right, so you've got uh, American Ultra, which is from uh, Nemo uh, Nemo Norizada, uh, who is the director of Project X, as you and I have just discussed. We just found that out. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, the uh, the lead in Project X is also the the star of Me and Earl the Dying we're reviewing yeah. in a bit. We'll be talking about it later. Yeah. This is also written by Max Landis, which is it of is, note, yeah. and this does become an issue in a moment. Right, so this is the story of uh, Mike Howell, who is uh, basically a feckless stoner who works <laughs> in a convenience store and is suddenly attacked one day by clandestine CIA operatives, only to discover that he himself, Jason Bourne-style, is actually a memory-white super-assassin and has the, basically the memory muscle uh, muscle memory sorry maybe muscle okay. muscle memory he just gets reawoken. yeah reawoken, yeah. reaw- reawoken within within him that he can just instantly take everyone down speak foreign languages and he knows how how to operate tanks etc here's a clip
1: Cherry progressive listen mandelbrot set is in motion echo oasis oh, has been re-shuffling chariot, chariot. Chariot. chariot is that a lyric from something oh, do you want your soup Hey, stop, stop doing stuff to my car. Hey, babes, what's up? Hey, I just killed two people. <laughs> That's awesome. No, they had guns and knives and they were being like total dicks. Ah! I took a spoon and I just like mm, I like shoved it through this guy. Why are people trying to stab you? I don't know, but I'm like freaking out. I have a lot of anxiety about this. Oh!
0: So Jesse Eisenberg yeah. Kristen Stewart Connie Britton Topher Grace Johnny Legs himself Johnny, oh, Johnny Legs
1: yeah. well, that, that, that does sound fun It, it What's does wrong sound with fun it?
0: What's wrong with it Okay first and foremost You get the, the impression within, within a few minutes Of the film starting That what you're watching Is an adaptation Of a cult early 90s Graphic novel uh, It's not But it mm. feels like it Throughout And then when you get To the very end of the film And it says Written by Max Landis You think oh, Okay right That That's why. kind of adds up And actually, weirdly, the problems are not on the page. The problems with the film seem to be... Well, they are on the page in one sense in that it's not actually funny. There are a handful of laughs scattered throughout, Mm. but the film simply isn't funny. Um, You've then got the issue of the cast and uh, the director all seem to collectively want a very different tone to what we're getting. I think it... For what you think the project is going to be, which is effectively the born identity in the style of Zombieland if you can imagine that 's kind of what you expect completely from the imagine movie. That, yeah. the only person going for that seems to be Topher Grace of all people <laughs> of all never people. would have thought that and oh, and and to another degree, and this this person is also the undisputed just star of this film, Walton Goggins. Oh, he's so good. I love Walton Goggins I can't wait
1: for Hateful Eight of if, him. if I
0: tell you that his role in this film is best described as menacingly
1: flamboyant would that sell it to you? Uh, does he wear some kind of fancy sunglasses?
0: No he does not That is a shame. He plays a character called
1: Laffer Laffer?
0: <laughs> Laffer who is an ex-mental patient brainwashed into a CIA assassin who laughs like a hyena as he comes up to kill you Take my money who has all his teeth blown out and <laughs> develops a speech impediment as a result? All that. Wow! Um, yes, he and he's going—he's gone full Texas Chainsaw sequel kind of mode on it. <laughs> um, in fact, isn't he's in House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. isn't he? So he's kind of like that kind of wacky, out mm. there psychopath kind of thing. Undisputed star of the film, Jesse Eisenberg, weirdly, is playing Michael Sarah, Which is kind of funny, given that for Mm. years, everyone thought the two of them were the same person. Pretty interchangeable. Uh, Pretty interchangeable. You've got Kristen Stewart, whom I can't tell who in their right mind read the logline for this film and thought that she'd be right for the character she plays. Mm. Because for one thing, by my count, she'd be about a decade too young. Uh, you know, I mean, this is yeah. I mean, yeah. for machinations that I can't go into plot-wise, she is far, far too young, physically young. You know, actually young. She's mm. too young
1: for the role. But she's does playing. does she work well with Jesse Eisenberg? Like in Adventureland. In right? a, I mean,
0: the, the dynamic between the pair of them initially works. And mm. I think the plot very quickly stifles the dynamic between the pair of them. And I say, I can't really go into it for spoiler reasons. Without, yeah. um, Connie Britton is enjoyable in it as well. Um, but what I say, the tone is the problem. Nemo Norisada, he starts off with a very wacky, almost Zombieland-like style mm. in the very early stages. Then, save possibly for a sequence in a blacklight-enhanced cellar, which is owned by Johnny Legs. because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Save for that <laughs> sequence. The film is startlingly pedestrian after that. It, it, you got it, it's wacky and it's in your face and it's got some some verve to begin with. Mm. You've then got this one sequence and then over the very end credits you get this sort of cartoon animated cartoon like thing which suggests that the film had more flair than it did. And the problem is the film doesn't have much flair at all. It, it very much lacks it in fact, you want the born identity. what you get is a case of completely missing identity. And because the film does not know what it wants to be, it isn't funny. It isn't exciting. It's really not engaging it's or a bit interesting. Of a
1: mishmash it, of styles, really. It mean. really is, and yeah. that's disappointing considering what it could have been. And the marketing campaign has tried its damnedest. I think it really has it's tried to find an audience.
0: Well, sadly, um, the marketing it seems uh, was a bit overzealous. It has uh, let it down. It has let it down indeed. Should we do some more film news then?
1: Yeah, let's do a couple
0: more pieces. Oh, okay. We've got to talk about so. Avi Ar- Lerner. We've got to talk about him because okay. this guy is hilarious. He really is. Right. Avi Lerner, mm-hmm. Ar- to those who don't know, is the producer. He's he's the he's the guy who runs New Image Productions and Millennium Productions, I believe, as well. Yeah. Um, and they, of course, are the producers of certain action films like the Expendables trilogy, <laughs> and uh, most recently Survivor, the Pierce Brosnan, Mila action thriller, which I've oh, already forgotten it. Funnily enough, I, I had as well until this story came about. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, that yeah. film that really wasn't particularly any good. Wow. I remember it, yeah. Well, Avi Lerner has made it his mission over the last few years. I say mission, it's like a crusade. <laughs> it, 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 he's on like this one-man crusade to rid the world of piracy. and But only strangely when it applies to his films. Yeah, so, if, if it was Warner's. Yeah, who his cares? altruism is somewhat suspect given that he only yeah. bothers when it's his film. Somewhat self serving. Yes, this is a man who tried to sue hundreds of thousands of people individually, <laughs> sorry, as part of one class suit for downloading the first Expendables movie. Do you know why oh, he. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Do you remember why he wasn't allowed to go through with a suit in the end? Tell us why. Because the uh, the judge who was overseeing the case, who was based in DC. Decided. hang on, why the hell is my court being used to sue hundreds of thousands of people who don't even live in my district? That's what the hell judge. have I got to do with this? Yeah. So it was, it was thrown out. It was thrown out. We then, of course, had the Expedable 3 leak last year, which, yep. you know, what, what the odds
1: that it would happen on the same day the cast are all at Comic-Con. That's it, and I mean, they, they were then uh, blaming that happening for a reason, but it didn't do well. Yes. Well, everybody's already seen it at home. Yeah, well, Harvey
0: Lerner mm. claims that he lost $150 million as a result of that leak, right. uh, which is... No, no I, don't, I think, no, I don't know where you got our figure from, Harvey, but no. So he, of course, tried to sue all the torrent sites in the world as well, and, you know, one of them did lay down. That was too. They laid down on the matter. And uh, now, of course, he's uh, he's going after... I believe it's it's six users of popcorn time. Which is a, a torrent popcorn streaming time. service? Have, okay. you, have you heard of this? Uh, you... No, I've
1: not. Is it like a watch movie kind of? No, I've never used Popcorn Time. A watch um, watch free? That's another one. Well, I've
0: I have Apple devices, so I, I can't. Yeah I, yeah, I couldn't use Popcorn Time if I wanted to you because want to. Yeah. I have a sense of class and I will never jailbreak an Apple device. <laughs> You're a classy, board. Man. I, I don't want that crappy little Cydia icon no. on my desktop. <laughs> no, I have enough icons I can't get rid of on an yeah. iPhone. But um, no, so Popcorn Time. I think it works the same as Kodi or TVMC, where You literally stream a torrent, but I think it actually downloads the torrent as well. Um, I I think I've read Engadget articles about that about a year ago. I Mm. maybe maybe misremembering it. Uh, Well, he's trying to sue those down- six downloaders, who are being referred to as John Doe's one to six in the legal case. <laughs> and, yes.
1: um, here's the funny part. That's though. like the worst franchise ever. It, it really is. John Doe 12. <laughs> it really is. Yeah.
0: But no, the funny part is, though, that Avi uh, Lerner has uh, has revealed in a statement that uh, he will settle the suit with each one of the six John Doe's, provided they pay 700-something dollars which conveniently is the very minimum amount of damages you can claim for uh, copyright infringement. So
1: it's like he almost knows he, it's going to fail. He almost yeah. knows, like expendables.
0: Right. Look, I'm trying to prove a point and save piracy, but <laughs> if I'm really honest, I'll take 700 bucks. Yeah, I really will. I'm a cheap date. <laughs> he that. is a cheap date. Right, Anna-Lee Tipton. Are you aware of the actress? I am indeed. You are. I'm a big yeah. fan of Annalise. I know Tipton. you are. Yes. You, you know I am. I have a big thing for Annalie Tipton. <laughs> have done ever since Crazy Stupid Love. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a very big fan of her in that. Um, and of course, uh, she recently went down in my estimation, having starred in the god awful Two Night Stand, mm. a movie in which we are genuinely who was in
1: that room? Who else was in that film?
0: Mr. Teller, mm. Mr. Miles Teller. Well, I don't mind, but dead-eyed, doe-faced Miles Teller.
1: Yeah, <sighs> this generation has been spawned.
0: This generation's Vince Vaughn. Not Vince Vaughn as he was, but very much Vince Vaughn as he is is. now. Well, Annalise Tipton, his co-star in Two Nights Stand, has now signed on to star in the psychological thriller Sadie, which sounds very much like a free holiday pitch when you get to the plot, which is Annalise Tipton, who is a former figure skater and model turned actress, will play a young female novelist who, to celebrate the publication of her latest work, um, goes away... Where does she go? goes away to an ex-lover's Italian villa where she and a mysterious woman named Charlotte, and this is the weird because no one can answer what this term mysterious woman named Charlotte is actually referring to, mm. she and a mysterious woman named Charlotte find themselves the victims of a psychosexual
1: game heralded by said ex-lover. So, that was unexpected. Um, that that was. That took a twist to telling you out loud. I thought it was going to be like just like a... Um, uh, under the Tuscan Sun kind of thing, but for the Twilight crowd, <laughs> it was gonna be. This ain't no Diane Lane, man. This <laughs> yeah.
0: is the same. Filming for Sadie, by the way, begins in Italy in late November. So enjoy the holiday. Yeah, be, have a wonderful trip. Uh, enjoy it, Annalise. I hope you have a good uh, uh Just please make it better than two nights. Dan. So on to me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which you were yes, a fan of. You saw I this was a before, big fan. I,
1: I did. Yeah, but never seems to happen. You anymore. saw this while I was watching No Escape because we had two preview screenings the same night, and, and you were not a gentle. Jam- and let me see this instead of seeing no, <laughs> we'll no Escape. We'll get to No Escape, don't you worry. But yeah, this this I, I really enjoyed, so right. um, tell us about the premise.
0: So, Me and Earl the Dying Girl which is based on a novel by, I, I'm now not familiar with the novel actually, although when you watch the film it does very much feel
1: like it has to mm. come from a novel Well, the guy that's written the screenplay is the guy who did the novel ah, That's another that that one I was going to get yeah. to Right, that's so this sorry.
0: stars Thomas Mann, who you may remember is the lead from uh, Project X hmm. um, and for some reason, who I keep getting confused with, Johnny Simmons, who's the uh, dr- the overdose victim that sets off the plot of 21 Jump Street. Yeah. So I keep getting the pair confused. Um, and it's because they're you know, the kind of doe-eyed young white kids. You know? Yeah, <laughs> they look basically the same. Uh,
1: how's that for reverse racism? <laughs> All you white guys look the same. All you white guys look <laughs> like, like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, it's even hawk. Anyway.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, so,
0: Thomas Mann is very much a sort of self-imposed outsider in high school who fancies himself a sort of passing member of every clique. Uh, his basic philosophy being uh, be nonchalant and uninvolved with pretty much everyone, and then you're not going to get picked on or isolated because you're yeah. basically on the same keel with everybody. It's a pretty good defence mechanism. It's a very, very good defence mechanism. Um, he spends his time with his friend Earl in their history teacher's office watching a, a bizarrely great selection of classic films on YouTube.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, his history teacher, incidentally, is played by John Bernthal, who might be the greatest teacher who has ever lived. Certainly the coolest. Certainly yeah. the coolest. And, uh, of course, one day, uh, Thomas... Sorry, uh, what's his name? The, the character's name? I forget now. <laughs> I've actually forgot the character because obviously... Is I'm- it Greg. It is Greg. It it's is Greg. Greg. Sorry. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so it should be Greg and all the dying. Never mind. Yeah. Um, so, it's because it's me. You just, yeah. Exactly. So one day, Greg's mother, played by, wouldn't you know it, Connie Britton, who's mm, getting around lately. Up, yeah. It's almost like she has a successful TV show on the go. Mm. Uh, mm. Connie Britton, who's his mother, tells him that um, a, a, a friend's daughter who goes to school with him, uh, played by Olivia Cook, has recently been diagnosed with leukemia and she'd like him to make an effort and befriend her and make sure she's not on her own. And wouldn't you know, this, this quickly blossoms into a genuine friendship. Mm. Here's a clip.
1: What group am I in? What? Yesterday you were saying you've mapped out the entire high school by group. What's my group? Seriously? Yeah.
0: Boring Jewish senior girls subgroup 2A? Please appreciate how honest that was just now. You're
1: an asshole. What group are you in?
0: Uh, I'm not in a group, actually. I, I just wouldn't belong to a group that doesn't suck. You know, I'm terminally awkward and... I have a face like a little groundhog, so
1: you can't really think that
0: no, I don't think that. So me and it on the
1: dying yeah, go, What do you think, Case? Um, I I loved this film. It's it's definitely Fun. rocked it up to the top of my list of films so far this year. So um, did I actually? I didn't yeah. uh, didn't put it on the best of the year list. I, I might later on. I don't know. I'm gonna say it's it's kind of it's teetering around there. It's but teetering I, around. I, I, think I love I love that it centres around a genuine platonic friendship between a boy and a girl, that which is, is so rare nowadays, it is, isn't especially it? like around like young teenagers. You just don't see that. Well, my thought actually watching
0: it was it's very strange to me that uh, Paper Towns. Is is doing is out at the moment, and he's mm-hmm. getting such praise, and he's and he's being falsely sort of heralded as oh, it's, it's the voice of a generation. Like, it's really not. Yeah, no. This is actually, I mean, because this actually, in some ways, is quite like Fault in Our Stars because it has that cancer aspect to it as well. The team drama, it's cancer similar, yeah. similar in a way, but it also owes uh, it equally owes the same amount of debt to uh, the perks of being a warflower, For instance, you could almost call this the the you know the the perks of being a Fault in Our Stars. Um, <laughs> but I very much like Thomas Mann in it. I I think he's terrific mm. i think it's a genuinely brilliant performance very much anchors the film though there are no weak links in the film strangely oh. the f- everything about the film works john bernthal and nick offerman yeah they Carter, are perfectly all cast. a great supporting cast and mm. i forget the name of the actor who plays earl because
1: he is absolutely super well he's only done a couple of other projects he's not done that that that, that much else really We've well, got Can Olivia Cook as uh, the Dying Girl, yeah. naturally, and she's fantastic,
0: and, and she is yeah. excellent. So the Dying Girl, uh, Rachel, uh, and he is Greg by the way. Uh, RJ Siler is the actor who RJ's, plays it. Yeah, of course, yeah, and he's terrific. He, he yeah, he's got this brilliantly deadpan uh, performance. Yeah, and it, it is, it's, it's great terrific, delivery, together. isn't it? Yeah. It is, because you see, like, I'm not sure whether... I mean, because it could very easily be misconstrued as uh, as, as, a, as a comic performance. Mm. But I don't think it is a comic performance, in a sense. No. I think it is more of an intentionally detached, more
1: well-thought-out yeah. delivery. He, has, he definitely has some of like, the most uh, funny bits in the film. He does, but, they, but they're not really delivered yeah. as comedy, are they? Yeah. He
0: does, it's like a backhanded level of comedy, mm. in a sense. Uh, I would say, you've got Olivia Cook as Rachel. She's superb, very wide-eyed. She's she's got the perfect level of sort of broken innocence in a way, like this this sort of innocent life that's just been broken by this disease. And it is very touching, and it is very moving. It doesn't necessarily go to the places you think it will, and then it does, and then it comes back, and then it goes again. And it it is... It does take you through the ringer in a sense. It's not an exciting film. Don't know me wrong. It's not. I wouldn't call it an exciting film, but it's very well written. It knows its characters. It explores the dynamics between each character perfectly, mm-hmm. and you genuinely feel for those relationships. You do. That, uh... I liked it and of course Nick Hoffman's in it and that's never not a great thing
1: yeah and he gets to say some fantastic words uh, and also, which is always a good thing for Nick very Hoffman very true
0: it is also incredibly cine-literate as regards featuring the work oh, of Werner wow. Herzog Martin yeah. Scorsese Powell and Pressburger <laughs> so you know what because was a classic film uh, background to this film as well oh there is but that's quite a big
1: part Very cine
0: yeah. very cine-literate yeah, film yeah if you ever
1: studied film at university you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it you
0: will and you will also see uh, a Paul and Pressburger documentary that you will have been made to watch at some yeah, point. Yeah, my
1: fiance watched the film with me. Um, there's a scene where we watch. I um, was uh, a Gila wrath of God. Yes, and Cassie had to see that so much, so she <laughs> she kept like nudging me. But Rebus being like, I hate it, I hate yeah. it, I hate it so much. Ah, the perks but she the loved, she do. did love this film though. She did absolutely love it. With the latest film news and reviews,
0: this is Offscreen. And we're back. So should we should we look at the Transporter refuelled? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so <laughs> this one I, I've always been sort of weirded out by the transport franchise because it does seem to it seems like they're making their own cross-platform James Bond franchise. Hmm. As in, you have the trilogy with Jason Statham with the Stath, and then you have the TV series, which and it's always the same characters, always Frank Barton. It's always the exact yeah. same character with the same origin and everything. You've then got so you've got the TV series which stars I forget the name of the guy from Prison Break season three. I forgot there was even a TV series. There was. Do you know it was a great TV series? A lot of car chases, explosions, and gratuitous nudity. Like the films, so. uh, kind of. But the TV series took it to a whole other level in which you genuinely really? could synopsis, uh, sort of summarize the character simply by the words "I'm here to save you, please show me your boobs." So why has it been refueled? So now we've got it refueled, and I. <laughs> From, from having seen the film I can only imagine the motivation behind rebooting it for the film series has been to do cheap and cheerful car chase thrillers with a younger lead whom you can get more films out of I think, that, I think that's the idea because he's still Frank Martin and he still has the same origin right. and he's still meant to have been retired from the army for nearly 20 years despite the fact that Ed Screen Ed Screen looks is about, about 20 <laughs> he, <laughs> he looks was... about 20 I think if, I, I bet you if you looked up he's about 28 or something oh. but uh, he's got the perma scowl and yeah. and, and the you know that, that that sort of brooding look he always looks like he's about to pose for the cover of Attitude for some reason it's for cheekbones, if I think. The cheekbones for cheekbones he looks like we would just say he looks like what would happen if you gave Nicholas Holmes the Captain America serum. Yeah, absolutely. But, Buffed him up. Um, yeah. right. So, plot this time around. Frank Martin is uh, in the middle of a visit from his uh, his retiring father, played by Ray Stevenson. So I'm going to say that again. Ray Stevenson, who at best is pushing 50, is yeah. playing the dad of head Screen. <laughs> right. When uh, when a, one of his transportation jobs goes awry, Frank discovers his father has been kidnapped by the people who have employed him for his job, and he's forced to do their bidding in inadvertent Taking down a, well, a, South, a what, southern French, what would you call a Riviera based crime lord who, wouldn't you know it, by complete coincidence. I've ever any Riviera based crime lords. Apparently there are. <laughs> but by complete coincidence, he also happens to be one of Frank's former teammates from his military days, despite the fact that he's about three decades older.
1: Than Frank. Well, wouldn't you know it? But here's a clip. So, what's your plan? Well, I was going to keep it as a surprise, but since you asked, I've been thinking about buying that. That's a nice fishing boat for a guy with a worker's pension. Junior, I don't think you have one ounce of wriggle room to moralize to me about how I earn my living. And what do you mean by that? Nothing. I'm sure all your clients are movie stars, captains of industry dignitaries. Well, I don't ask. They don't tell. I should tell you something. Oh, look, uh, Miss Unknown is calling again. And what would make you think the unknown is a miss? I'm just guessing. Hello? This is the transporter. <laughs> So is it ed screen ed scrine um, um, I feel that like you've come to me because I might be oracle you for, are you are the pronunciation oracle yeah uh, screen is what i've been saying screen okay we'll go yeah. with ed screen For uh, now until somebody proves me wrong
0: which will happen i'm right. sure okay so let, let me just give you the pros and cons of ed screen's performance as frank martin the pros are uh, he he can wear the, the the black suit he he looks yeah. he looks very dashing in his black suits, good for him. He's he's a, a very pleasant looking man. He's a very good looking yes, fellow. Is. Good, 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 cheekbones. Was good cheekbones, good cheekbones, excellent cheekbones, <laughs> um, and he can very much handle the physical aspects of the role in mm. a manner that actually is almost identical to Statham. His 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 movement, his style of movements and his actual mm. technique—they they've trained him up presumably the same way that Statham was trained up. You know that brilliant, brilliantly offhand way in which Statham would kick someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ed Screen's got, got, got that. He's got, got, it got it that down pat. That seems to be the <laughs> transporter trademark. Can you do the casual kick? You do the kick. Good. You, you do win. the kick, but it's going to be on the eventual DVD cover. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. No, no. That's that's the completely horizontal twenty one Jump Street cover. kick. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let me get to the cons of Ed Screen's performance, which is he
1: cannot act. Oh. He he cannot. He is awful. I've got a second con. He's not Jason Statham. Yes, there is that. He is not Jason Statham, and
0: boy, does the film remind you of it constantly. Right conceptually here's the annoying part do you remember when i told you that for all its faults the second the triple x sequel state of the union is a better movie than triple x <laughs> i do remember that was last week that was last yep. week it was between between, between recording sessions. and mm. um, right this very much suffers from that conceptually it is actually one of one of the better transporter movies conceptually this is the best one since the first movie right conceptually this should be the transporter's equivalent of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, because what they've got is this brilliant dynamic where you have Frank Martin, the ass-kicking transporter himself, and his dad, his dad. who it turns out for Sean Connery, that's, it, yeah, yeah, who it turns out is equally ass-kicking and consistently <laughs> refers to his son as Junior. Beautiful. <laughs> well, yes. That's now, uh, Ray Stevenson seems to be playing this as if he's a rather portly Roger Moore. Because that's the only way to describe his performance. It's like Roger Moore. <laughs> you've not seen anyone ham it up in, in this kind of a way since Roger Moore's Bond films. And then you've got Ed Screen, who, like I say, cannot act to save his life. And it's all put together in the workmanlike yet over-the-top fashion of Luke Besson's tutorship. The latest <laughs> being Camilla... What's her name? Camilla Delamare... Delamare, I think her name is. Camilla... Camilla Delamare? I'm not sure. Camilla Delamar, Camille, Camille Delamar. We're gonna go right Let's there. Let's have a look. Camille, De, do you want to look at the screen? Yeah, yeah. Camille Delamar. We'll go that. Camille okay. Delamar. Um, right, as I say, conceptually brilliant. The problem is, it, it's basically the two central performances because the film is actually entertaining. Unlike, say, for instance, Transporter Three, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. Transporter <laughs> Three was groan-inducing, and that had Statham in it. Mm. I can only imagine a version of this film starring Jason Statham and Bob Hoskins. Which would have been possibly the greatest that's like, action oh, That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Hoskins as the dad. Imagine that. We miss you, Bob. We yeah. really miss you. But yeah, if, if you'd made this five years ago, which incidentally is when the film is set, for some bizarre reason which makes no sense, and believe me, in terms of logic leaps, this film really takes the biscuit. Mm. This This <laughs> is a film in which you have to have someone's PIN number in order to transfer the money.
1: Seriously, well, that that's amazing. Makes... What? Why? Hey, case,
0: are you Tanner? Can I have your pin number? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that kind of logic <laughs> that actually happens in this film. You know what I mean? It's it. It starts off in 1995, and then says 15 years later, and everyone's walking around with this year's iPhone. You know, it's that right, kind of, yeah. And everyone's got the same exact iPhone. It's noticeable because everyone's got the same iPhone. You no. Really? But you know, that's nitpicking. We don't go there. As I say, <laughs> the problem really are the two performances. You've got that Roger Moore performance from Ray Stevenson. you've got the. Awful performance.
1: That's I the only way to categorise. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. He's yeah. just terrible. He is awful. That's a shame. I've been wanting him to get a franchise, and uh, I know he's got Deadpool. He's going to be the bad guy in Deadpool. He's going to be the bad guy which in Deadpool. Is interesting. But the thing is, because the film is as just—I mean, don't get me wrong—it's dunderheaded. It
0: really is. Mm. As if it, because it's as mindlessly entertaining as it is. You you kind of let it slide. You do. You kind of let it go, and you come out of it and go. You know what? If they're just going to chuck out one of those every couple of years, what I'll, I'll take it, and we'll just it'll just be the recurring gag that he's awful in it. Yeah. we'll we'll stick with it because we love Audi's Audi's personal war against Fiat because that's <laughs> what those movies amount to. It's mm. always the same: an Audi driving along, smashing up Fiat police cars.
1: Yeah, and weirdly,
0: every time a new transport movie is announced, someone at Fiat Fiat commits suicide. But someone in Fiat's <laughs> marketing department hangs themselves. That's what happens every time time a new transport movie is announced um, however you know what the film is not worth hanging yourself the film is mindlessly it's a beer and
1: pizza movie yeah. no no selling it short just there just watch it at home when it's on Netflix that's maybe. it yeah.
0: get wasted then watch it you'll probably love it all afternoon, I spent all afternoon coming up with who could play really? Statham's dad. Seriously, <laughs> and Bob Hoskins. Is See, the only we, do, we do work quite hard for we do. the show. Yeah. We, we really do. So, okay, so some film news then. Uh, Nicholas Holt, who we were just mentioned, of course. Oh yeah, he's he, now been yeah, yeah transformed. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> going to be J D Salinger in the upcoming biopic "Rebel in the Rye," to be written by Danny Strong uh, as his. Uh, that's also yeah. his directorial his debut. That? Yeah. Uh, my favourite biopic news, of course, being that Josh Gad is going to play Roger Ebert mm. in a movie directed by Michael Winterbottom of right, The Look of Love, which yeah. we specifically referencing no,
1: that. Potter shopping, yeah.
0: But I'm mentioning Look of Love because it's gonna, the style of that is going mm. to make sense in a second. In a film which will also star Will Ferrell, or Will Ferrell, if you believe the cast of doing Padre marketing, <laughs> as Russ Mayer in the comedy yes, Russ amazing. and Roger.
1: I yeah. can't wait for that. It sounds amazing. I can already picture the creepy, like, moustache on Will oh, face Oh, God, right yeah. Now. He
0: needs the handlebars, what he needs. He needs the oh, handlebars yeah, yeah, and definitely. flares. Uh, right, okay, um, before we talk more biopics, uh, Fox are doing a remake. I-, I can't figure this one out. Because of- Fox. Because Fox. <laughs> Fox are doing a remake of Oh, Heavenly Dog. The 1980 <laughs> comedy in which Chevy Chase yeah. was killed, returned to Earth as a dog.
1: Was that Chevy Chase or no, was, was that, Chevy Chase? There's a
0: similar Tim Allen. Vehicle oh, oh, yeah, as that's, well. that's the shaggy dog. Shaggy that's dog, the shaggy yeah. dog. That's where they actually. We, see, we know our family yeah, dog we, pictures. We know here. our family dog yeah. pictures. Funnily enough, there's a third family dog picture to discuss this week named Archie, but there's a full stop between every letter of it. It's going to be directed with oh. the directorial <laughs> debut of TV actor Robin Dunn, who right. you may also remember as what, the. What has Robin done? What well, has Robin done? Robin Dunn has done the lead role in Cruel Intentions 2. Manchester
1: Prep, yo. Oh, no way. Totes. <laughs> totes, bro. Totes. <laughs> Actually, I think Cruel, intention-
0: <laughs> Cru- cruel Intentions is a bit before the Totes era, I would say. Yeah. But yes, uh, Archie is Free a totes. cybernetically created dog. He's created in a lab by a military scientist played by Catherine Isabel. How, how weird is that? I don't, I don't hear about that is. Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps.
1: Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was actually quite impressive in there. Yeah.
0: Uh, she was also American Mary, which is a, a film I had not seen until John uh, John Dickinson bought me the DVD for Christmas. Yeah. But, and, and and rightly so as well. It was a very good film. Um, Catherine Isabel plays a scientist who creates Archie, a robotically enhanced, super strong dog with the power of speech and a voice provided by Michael J. Fox. <sighs> When the military shuts down the project, Archie is released into the wild where he stumbles into a small town in search of a new family and stumbles across the child of the town mayor. Can you see where this may go?
1: I certainly can. Yes.
0: There you go. So that's Archie. That's uh, the rights to that being sold at the Toronto Film Festival. I love that uh, Stuart Little is going to have the same (laughs) voice as him. (laughs) That's great. What else we got? Okay, biopic news again then. Mm. The Richard Pryor biopic... I love this to news. be directed by Lee Daniels yep. to be written by Danny Strong because we they're best friends yeah to star Mike Epps aka Black Dog from the Hangover <laughs> yeah, as as Richard Pryor in a movie good. which will also feature Kate Hudson as Jennifer Lee Pryor mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy as yeah. Richard Pryor's father and Oprah Winfrey as his as grandmother, his grandmother. This is going to be that's awesome. That's shaping up. Yeah. That is, that is, I'm sorry if that's not... you know, Forget to hell with Straight Outta Compton. This is the biopic <laughs> I want to see. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, about Straight of Compton, because we've got to mention this one. You mm. mentioned this in passing actually during the week. The producer, one of the co-executive producers of Straight Outta Compton, a man named S. Lee Savage... Good name. Look how it's spelled. Savage. 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 Um, He uh, has written a book, you see, uh, which Mm. has subsequently spawned a documentary. It's called Welcome to Death Row, which is about Death Row Records, which is, of course, course, set up. It's a plot element Mm. in Straight Outta Compton. And of course, Death Row Records uh, famously had under its label the likes of uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, uh, Tupac. Nights, Yeah, uh, yeah. He was the the overlord, wasn't he? Uh, uh, Sh- he was- sugar, Sugar, Knight? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it's
1: it's spelled suj. It's spelled suge, it's, but It's, it's sugar, spelled, sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar. he's he's not a good person. He, he's
0: he's not, <laughs> and he's portrayed thusly in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Funnily enough, he's one of the few people who actually gets depicted in a bad light in Straight Out of Compton. So he's pitching his uh, Welcome to Death Row book and documentary in a package that basically sells it as a potential sequel to Straight Out of Compton which
1: so you were very aware of this because you I told them aware, me yeah. so I think that could turn out right do you think they should keep the casting I would like from... them to keep the casting I think they yeah. should keep, get as I much as like the I do like Keith Stanfeld I think, it's Stanfeld, I think. He's, he's the guy playing Snoop don't I play like Snoop. him a lot yeah. I forget the name of the guy who played Tupac but he was
0: such a spitting image for Park it was unreal really but uh, yeah, I mean, my favourite one about that is when we ran the news article in the week. Uh, we used an actual picture of Snoop and Tupac. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, someone from a Tupac fan site liked it on Instagram and put, "What a what a beautiful picture you've made." I don't Did think you, like, they realised it? it was real. Would you like draw it or something? I don't. I think they thought it'd been photoshopped, but it was real. Wow. It was a real picture. Hologram, hologram. hologram. Uh, one final piece, then. Vincent Cassell is the villain of the newborn yes. movie. <laughs> you know what? I'm all in. It's such
1: natural casting, isn't it? It is. I can't believe that hasn't been done for the other ones. You're like, hang on. Did did, did you have that moment as well where you're
0: like, hang on, didn't we have... No, we haven't. Because it seems so obvious that you think we must have had it at some point.
1: We need Vince Excel as an assassin. We do. We do. We're we going to have it. We need him as Evil Born. Because wasn't that what Carl Urban was? Carl Urban was the yes. Evil Born, wasn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: And, but yeah. this is going to be like Evil European Born. Yeah, I can go with it, it? It's like going to be, awesome. be a good cast. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. It's... I know. I mean,
0: Alicia Vikander, always a fan. Oh, man, yeah. Julia Stiles. Yeah, it could be nice to see yeah. her yeah. back, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Can, can we get Julia Stiles back in other films that aren't Born, though, as well? Because that would be nice. Hmm. Awesome. I miss Julia Stiles. Fingers crossed. So do I. She was good in Dexter. She was in Dexter for a while. Yeah, enjoyable. Should we do the box office top ten then? Let's should we, do the should old we get, top ten. To, crank out. There was ten. <laughs> crank it last time. Come out filthy. That'd be
1: better if there was a crank sequel it would, in yeah. the top ten. If it, 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 it was crank ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so top ten. Let's go. Number ten. A brand new entry, 45 years. Which neither of us have seen, because I'm it wasn't not. released at the multiplex. I think it's only the showroom in Sheffield was showing it. I believe so. I've heard good uh, things. I
0: hear excellent things. I hear Charlotte Rampling is amazing in it. I like Tom Courtney. Tom Courtney. It oh, oh, is Tom Courtney now, not Tom Conte. Not, not Tom, yeah, he's, he's back. You, 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 you're confusing <laughs> your Tom Tom to, I, I am getting my Toms confused. Not Tom, no, Tom Courtney Tom, Tom lee Com- That one. doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work at all.
1: Number nine. I am going to watch it this week. Minions,
0: Minions, which I have had the chance to rewatch, and I, I still liked it as much um, on home release. I, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I do think it is an all-round family entertainment film. Mm. Um, I think it's, I think the sooner the Secret Life of Pets opens, everyone's going to forget about Minions entirely. It's going to make my uh, life so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Minions are still lovable. They're still a lot of fun. They've still got that like, great Jeffrey Rush narration. The comedy works. Alison Janey's great in it. Michael
1: Keaton's great in it. What's not to love? Number eight. Moving down, uh, paper towns. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Moving down, paper, paper towns. towns. Yeah. Bingo announcer. You. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: which, as I, I liked. Um, I think the second half better than the first half. Uh, mm. Nat Wolf is a better performer than Cara Delevingne is. I think she's been really oversold in this. She's film. a model slash actress, isn't she? To quote Zoolander it, Yes, yes, yeah. that's very much the case. Um, and it's interesting to me that Halston Sage, who plays her friend, is a better, better performer than the much lauded star. Mm. Um, didn't really buy into that aspect of it, but the film itself is more of a sort of modern John Hughes type affair. Uh, starts out as a sort of suburban
1: mystery, goes to full-on road trip mode. What's not to enjoy? Number seven. Moving down again. Uh, rhymes with sinister poo. Sinister two. <laughs> again, you've been going out to. I know. <laughs> we uh, try and rhyme them all. <laughs> it's
0: rubbish. There's nothing as much. more to say about than that. It's a rubbish. Cash-in horror sequel, borrows elements of a billion other horror films, relies too heavily on jump scares. Yeah, last 15 minutes. And the last 15 minutes, I mean, I take it, you saw the film. Those last 15 minutes, my God. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Here's the end of your movie. It happens off-screen.
1: What? 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 What now? This makes no sense whatsoever. No, and neither will Sinister Free either. Which rhymes with Sinister P. Number 6. Man from Uncle. I enjoy this very, very much.
0: As did I. Yeah. I just say, I don't think it's got the, the ramping momentum of uh, of Kingsman. I don't think it's as fun as
1: Kingsman, to be no, honest. No, it's not got the longevity of Bourne. Of, Born, of or, no, or but Bond. It is, but it is no.
0: slick and glossy and sexy and suave. And yeah, the, the comedy aspect works. Yeah. I was talking to Lee Ford earlier, who was talking about how much he enjoyed the uh, the overplayed, very overplayed homo of the film. And I was like, yeah, there is that. But <laughs> that fair, is some chemistry. <laughs> that, that sort of balances it out with the. Uh, <laughs> the Alicia Vikander army hammer uh, slathering oh, yeah. that is that is dotted throughout which is really in your face i mean the marketing played that quite Yeah but a bit.
1: What, what what would you do if you were in the presence if, of If i had to Vikander? strap
0: a wire to Alicia Vikander in a fight i i don't want to discuss it on radio to be honest no. maybe like after a few drinks cause. after a few drinks
1: yeah number 5 all right, we have uh, Pixels next. Pixels, which has gone up a spot. It went down. It went up one. And it's kids' holidays, I guess. It's oh, come towards oh, the end, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming again. There's not but that t- much for the kids.
0: as well. There isn't, strangely. Although Inside Out hasn't seemingly budged in ages now because it's, it's great, and <laughs> it's also been out for like six weeks, and so But so Pixels, mm. um, which to say is a perfect all-round family family film, family fantasy film, directed by Chris Columbus, who knows how to do this he stuff. He knows that, like, that kind indoors. of table, doesn't he? Yeah. And, I mean, put it it's very intentional. They have gotten, as as they proclaim on the poster, the director of Harry Potter. And the Sorcerer's Stone, yeah. but uh, Adam Sandler, who's obviously part of an ensemble this time around, is downplaying it somewhat. He works a lot better. Josh Gad gets a chance to, to shine, and to be fair, Peter Dinklage ranks out as one of the worst elements mm. of the plot, which is something I never thought I would get to say. Number four: Where is Hunt?
1: <laughs> Mission: Impossible Rogue Nation. Yeah, great, amazing. He is Can't the wait. Manifestation <laughs> of, of destiny. destiny. <laughs> Where is Hunt?
0: <laughs> Uh, Alec Baldwin in Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation is the greatest supporting role anyone is putting into a tentpole movie this year. I hope
1: he comes back for sequels. I
0: really do. I want him added to the Mission Impossible roster. I want him oh, back. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But we've been burned before. We all thought Larry Fishburne was coming back. You know, True. wasn't yeah. happening. And now, of course, uh, I mean, we got rid of uh, who is the supervisor, the secretary in the last movie? What was- four? In, in Ghost Ghost Protocol. The one who was killed. Oh he was God, killed, God. obviously. And now we've got Alice. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, oh he, he was in that film for literally thirty seconds. It was. Yeah. It's a shame, uh, because he is part of an of an all round excellent film. Tom Cruise is on form, Rebecca Ferguson steals the show Absolutely. in that great feminist twenty fifteen action movie sort of a way, which is Something no Mad, one saw Mad coming. Robe, that's it. Yep, mm. and uh, and also uh, Hitman because the girl steals that one as well. But never mm. mind. Um, so sorry, boys. It seems uh, women only the action in 2015. And uh, if Mission Impossible is anything to go by, I don't think that's a shame at all. No.
1: Number three. And speaking of a uh, Hitman,
0: Hitman, age of 47. Agent 47. <laughs> Which is, you know what, it's, it's moronic, it's idiotic. <laughs> but you know what, it's basically enjoyable. Yeah. And we've got
1: Silo, we've got Syla back.
0: Yeah, we've got Syla back. And it's nice to see Zach Kinto in a straight real-world to action film, mm. even though it's a sort of heightened real world, mm. you know, science fiction-enhanced real world. Um, but I liked it, I liked Rupert Friend, he grew on me over time. <laughs> he, he is ridiculously out of character as this, as this central figure. Yeah. Uh, but Hannah Ware, I like Hannah Ware very much as a I female, like and were. I would like to see her in more things.
1: Number two. Inside Out from Pixar is that number two still? Inside
0: Out from Pixar. I know. I don't know why I said it like that. But there we are. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to let you talk about this because you 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 have a, a much more passionate view mm. on this film than I do. Strangely,
1: yeah, you 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 do like it. I do like
0: it. Yeah. But I think with with Pixar, I I have trouble uh, selling a you know stating oh uh, you know appraising <clears> a, <throat> a Pixar movie
1: more than up. That's it. That is one of their and pinnacles. Um, for me, this party, this right? does still. Yeah? It set the bar too high it. It is set it really yeah, did. absolutely. But um no, I, I think that it actually ranks up there with up and with Certainly films like WALL-E, absolutely. Um, I think the cast is fantastic. Uh, Lewis Black we've spoken about a great length, have great ears for we anger. Would like to see more Bill Hader, as we said, as well. Do you but, think we'll um, get a sequel to this one? I don't think we'll get a sequel. I think we'll get a couple of shorts, and I'm okay with that. to be. I don't really like Pixar doing sequels. I don't. I, so... I prefer
0: the idea of, of shorts, I do. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's,
1: if you've got little things to say...
0: I don't think we need brilliant. Outside In released in cinemas anytime soon.
1: No. Number one. And
0: straight in at number one, straight out of Compton. <laughs> straight <laughs> in at number one, straight out straight of, of Compton. Compton. <laughs> um, right, this this obviously is very oversold as a film, I think. I mean, mm. it, it's phenomenally successful, and I'm sure it deserves to be. Mm. Um, it is very enjoyable, and I, I have to stress, I did enjoy it. I don't think... Did you get to see it in the end? I've still not seen it. You've still it. not seen like you've, no. you've only been having trouble getting a seat in a screening. I was
1: quite burned last Friday. <laughs> no, it's yeah. very popular. Mm.
0: Um, I, I think the problem is there is an Emperor's New Clothes effect with it. There is an element of hip-hop fandom who just, would just willingly take anything. Mm. And I think that's a real shame because it oversells a film that has problems. It is enjoyable and it is a, a good experience watching it. But I think it doesn't match up to the reality. And also, narratively, it is very very flawed i mean particularly i mean this is a film flawed by you know almost after the fact by its own creative team who feel the need to add marketing before and after the film as part of the film oh, the beats headphones
1: and yeah. things like that yeah. hey
0: here's our story of how we spoke with the spoke, voice of an unspoken minority now let's sell some headphones no yeah and i've I'm got sp-
1: five million dollars we got we, yeah, billion, billion, but oh, I've so billion, yeah, five billion dollars, uh, and yeah. then, but and
0: then you get to the idea that I, I can't help but think that Doctor Dre seems to genuinely believe that a hardcore aspect, a serious central aspect of his rise from the ghetto, as he would like to think it. Is that the white man tried to stifle him out of some money? And you're like, no, this isn't the plot.
1: The plot is your impact on the world around you. But that's not a film. But he's going to be the producer for it. It really that'll, isn't. that'll be something that will be made in the future.
0: And I'm I'm more interested in that yeah. version of Straight Outta Compton. I am. I'm more interested in the uh, the, the the exterior, the the, uh, the outside influence made. Yeah. Some more film news, then, Mister Allen. Yes, let's have it. So, okay, we've got we have to talk about the Marvel story. We um, have to. Yeah. We have to. Which is that uh, Kevin Feige, who runs Marvel Studios, mm. is now the king. Is now the king of, of Marvel.
1: Well, of the world, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Effectively, king um, of films. Because what we did,
0: what no one seems to ever realize with Marvel Studios is that Marvel Studios don't just make their films they they answer to a higher power as it were yeah. uh, Ike Perlmutter, who is the head of Marvel Entertainment which yes. of course oversees Marvel Comics Marvel Studios Marvel TV uh, Marvel TV I, mean, I mean is it actually called there or is it Marvel Studios TV division? I think it's I think it's the TV division and yeah. you know the toy department and all the rest of it all the stuff so realistically you know the, the toy department has no more power than Marvel Studios did which is kind of depressing when you sit and think about it. Now the story has emerged that Kevin Feige has ousted uh, Ike Perlmutter by Mm. going and reporting directly to Alan Horn at Disney. So Marvel Studios don't report to Marvel anymore. They report to Disney. They now have autonomy. They can do
1: whatever they like. Straight to Alan Horn, straight to Bob Igor, essentially. Exactly.
0: And this apparently is due to... Apparently there were disagreements regarding meddling, specifically Mm. in Age of Ultron. And the, uh, the reception, the, the lower key reception than expected for Age of Ultron. Mm. And uh, also certain meddling that was attempted for Captain America's Civil War. Mm. Budgetary things. Budgetary really. things yeah. as well seem to be an issue because Ike Pilmetry is apparently a bit eccentric.
1: Little. Quite frugal as well, and also <laughs>
0: quite frugal. Mm. And uh, he also has. It's now come to light as well. He's he made some some comments in the company of others that um, let's just say aren't acceptable in the 21st century. No, let's let's just politely say that. And if Make I about what you will, if yeah. I just if I just tell you that they related specifically to Don Cheadle and Terence Howard, you can pretty much hazard a guess. What pretty sure he said
1: something are. about uh, Black Widow, and
0: he. Oh, that was girls yeah. don't yeah. sell toys. That was it. Yeah. yeah, we can't do too many Black Widow we, we toys. Can't Black we can't do Black Widow toys to to because them. girls.
1: Don't sell toys. Yeah, uh, that that's the thing. Well, that's us kind of guy, and now we don't really have to think about it. Now we more. don't have to worry about him ever again. But, Great. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's only
0: got. I, do you know
1: what they should do? Give him the Fantastic Four because you know. he <laughs> <laughs> should run it into the ground. Even Give
0: him so got Fantastic Four back. Uh, here you go, Ike. Yeah. So of course, then we we also have to talk about this is the final and this is the most heart wrenching news of the week and this for most people started Sunday morning off on a really sour note. We have sadly lost West Craven. Mm. West Craven is no longer with us. He died uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, age seventy
1: six, which isn't really that. It's not really bad at that That's quite young, really. Isn't he maybe that's old. the thing as well. I mean, he had brain cancer as well. Yeah, which was quite quiet. We really. kept that
0: very, very oh, yeah. quiet. And because we, I mean, I, there is one thing with, with Wes West Craven having passed away, which is I'm now really, really glad he made Scream Four. Mm. I don't like Scream Four but I'm really, really glad he made it because I don't, I wouldn't want to have lived in a world in which mm. I could genuinely say, Wes Craven, whose final film
1: was my soul to take. Yeah. What well, was that and somebody else would have done Scream 4? I'm, done a worse job yeah so. yeah. which yeah, for better or worse Scream 4 is what it is but he's given so. us countless classics he's given us some stinkers but I mean he's given us some stinkers against... but
0: for, for the record I like Shocker more than most people do Shocker um, he did however also make Vampire in Brooklyn so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then of course nobody, nobody through, needs that it's true you go through the iconic one though which are Last House on the Left yeah. The Hills Have Eyes Nightmare, nightmare. Street, New Nightmare New Nightmare yeah. Scream and let's forget there was a Scream 2 and 3
1: for my money, I, I I'd go with that. I don't I don't really like Scream two or three. I don't mind four really. But See, I, can... I don't think four is that bad. I I don't like the kind of like knowing wink. Oh, everybody's got a product yeah, it was, by Apple. it was the yeah. nine
0: intros to Scream four. I think that did my nut. Oh yeah, Kristen Bell. Yeah, and, yeah, the nine
1: intros really just just annoyed me. I think after yeah. a while. Yeah, the gag works. It but... kind of sunk of like a studio getting involved and being like, "We need to relate to the young people, and everyone's on YouTube and Facebook." It can't yeah, kind of sunk about that. that. I, I am kind of
0: glad though that Scream Four existed before there was Snapchat. let let's. Oh just... yeah, <laughs> so... Scream Five. We'll wait. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Scream Five, I think that'll be that'll be the serial killer comes through Snapchat kind of an affair. <laughs> But uh, right, should we We should plug our competitions, of course. Let's do it. Um, what, have, what
1: have we got up on there? Oh, we've
0: got a lovely one this next week coming um, yeah? up for uh, the Maze Runner. <laughs>
1: uh, the Scorch Trials. For the
0: Scorch Trials. Yeah. Although, if you've seen the trailer, apparently it's been so long since we've seen anyone survive the Scorch. You know, well, thanks for ruining the ending of that really? film. <laughs> but uh, yes, the Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials, which is out next Thursday, which is, I believe, what date is next Thursday? the 10th the 10th I, I want think. to say the 10th it is in fact the 10th so Thursday the 10th I was a in Major and Scorch <laughs> Trials is out in uh, 2 and 3 I think um, we have major sets to give away on the site this week so pop over to onscreenfilm.com go in our competition section or they'll be on the front page yeah, and uh, there's an entry form on there go nuts you don't even have to answer a question just give us your name we just giving stuff away it's we're just giving, giving it away, away. Uh, but we're not just giving away any old rubbish because mm-hmm. for Maze Runner Scorstrike <laughs> they've given us a set which is kind of cool it's got uh, patches you know the, the sort of the, the logo patches and everything oh, on there, right. And their clothing yeah. you got that uh, there is a rather funky Maze and a keychain notebook as well a survival kit which is very very <laughs> ominous it comes in a sort of c- c- uh, cylindrical container mm. and of course you get a t-shirt with it as well because Standard. you are be yeah. wearing it when you go and see the maze why not <laughs> I, I dress up like a wizard whenever they open a new Harry Potter movie. So. And I, I legitimately, yeah, but Harry Potter is a franchise. That, Maze Runner true. is not a franchise. Maze Runner is a franchise.
1: There's a third one to come. It is a mess. <laughs> Don't sell it too short. This is a promotion case. But but it's free, so who cares? It's free. Enter. Win some
0: swag. One final review for the week then, Mr. Allen. What do you have for me?
1: Well, Mr. Connor. Oh, God, We no. have no escape. It's no escape, isn't it? It's no escape. So, uh, it's Owen Wilson uh, on Behind behind Enemy Lines 2 The Family Vacation, as you titled it for me. I did. It is Behind (laughs) Enemy Lines 2 The Family Vacay. Right, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to give it the
0: credibility of calling it a vacation. No. Right. Um, Best described as a zombie movie without zombies. Mm. Um, Right, this is the story of an American expat family who uh, venture out to a notably unnamed Southeast Asian country uh, for the for yeah, the father's new employment uh, with a local water supply company named Cardiff. Strangely, no oh, sooner do they get there, however, than the civil uprising begins,
1: and well, the who lo-
0: it? I know and the locals decide they are going to kill all the white people in Southeast Asia. But that's not that, that's not awful though because it turns out there's only about four of them. So okay. th- there's yeah. only about four white people in Southeast Asia if you believe this. <laughs> sorry, no, hang on. No, you've got the family, well, Pierce and Brosnan. Pierce Bosnan, yeah. Family, Pierce Brosnan, and two of the guys who stay at the hotel. There are seven. Sorry, there are eight. There are eight white people in Southeast Asia, mm. and they're all gonna die because the locals have turned. Here's a clip.
1: We gotta get out that roof. What? No way. Annie, Annie, listen to me. Over there, we have a chance. Over there? We don't know if over there, they're going to be the same kind right of people. All I know her. is we got to keep putting 10 steps between us and them, okay? okay? You're going to jump first, then I'm going to throw the kids over one at a time. <gasps> then I'm going to follow, okay? Come on, you can do it. Okay, okay. No, help. Come on, now. Right yeah. 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 she can do it. Go, go.
0: Yes, Owen Wilson's back doing thrillers again.
1: Oh, that sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> there really is no escape.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right, as I say, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to make this one short and sweet. Mm. Uh, it, it's a film that's marketed itself on the same just show the uh, just just show the setup kind mm. of marketing hook that they used for Taken a few years ago. Remember when the Taken trailer came out? And it was just the phone call bit. Yeah, and you you didn't know from that trailer that it was going to be this badass rip roaring action movie. Well, they're trying to do the same thing here. Only Taken was a good movie this is not in any way a good movie this is in fact rather dunderheaded and rather kind of what what is Pierce Brosnan doing? best survivor for November man can I save Pierce Brosnan for a minute? Please. I want to save Pierce Brosnan for yeah. a minute. I want to just put Let's just take him here. Put him in our pocket. We'll take him out in a moment. <laughs> Stay he by out. Bond. Stay so, by. Owen Wilson and Lake Bell, who you know, they're likable enough as the sort of parent figures, hmm. and Owen Wilson's just doing more of that behind enemy line shtick, and Lake Bell is just doing a relatively thankless. I'm going to do some sweating and still try and look nice. Yeah. Kind of a. Performance. Well, I'm sure, but she does. I, I, I'm sure, from your perspective, she she would achieve the job Absolutely. very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the thing. The fact the central family don't really have much in the way of. Character. I mean, the kids in particular are really badly drawn. I mean, this is the sort of movie in which the older two of the two little girls continuously asks, "Can you tell me about the day I was born?" You're like, "Haven't we got other problems? What the hell is wrong with you?" (laughs) I'm you want... trying to fight with yeah. a you want
1: Bernie <laughs> Mac to appear, slap her over the back, and I go, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> you know, in that way that Bernie Mac did so well. Oh, I miss Bernie Mac. <laughs> I do. This show I has know. just made me sad because we no longer have the We no longer <laughs> we have, have Wes Craven and, <laughs> and Bernie Mac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um,
0: weirdly, um, with some, with a slightly higher level of screenwriting. Uh, with a, sl- a slightly more upper upper echelon level of screamer, mm. this would have been something akin to, say, a late eighties Kevin Costner vehicle, mm. something like that. But it isn't, and because it's such a nuts and bolts sort of a tale, it's it really it is literally you could put this together with an Allen Key kind of a film, <laughs> um, and then you've got the, this by the numbers level of ca- uh, of character writing and. You're just uninvolved to to an almost to a very detrimental level. You are uninvolved, and then you've got Pierce Brosnan, who I'm now going to take out of our pocket. We're going to put him back on the oh, table. Oh, Pierce! Hi, nice hello, to see hello, you. Pierce. Hello, Pierce. Welcome to the table. <laughs> and he perks things up just a little bit by really just relishing uh, relishing what he's got, chewing the scenery. And he's this Hammond, yeah. of, he's this mockney mercenary type. Who's, who's, who may or may not be like a former government agent or something like that but it's, it's kind of weird because he plays this this sort of uh, this expat stereotype mm. so well <laughs> and with such fun and, and swagger mm. that you, you kind of like, wow like Brosnan's the best thing in this movie what the hell's that about? But
1: yeah, I do like him. I just think he's had a weird, he has an interesting very, year, very weird career. He will yeah. always be Remington oh, yeah. Steele to me. However, Absolutely, we, we yeah. should talk about the film itself, <laughs> uh,
0: which is right. It is just about entertaining, right? Just about. Yeah. But that is. Right. That's not really praise, if I'm honest. I, I can't call that praise. It's the only redeeming thing you can say about this film, which is just incredibly ignorant about the world around it. It is xenophobic to an almost terrifying degree. Well, I think we can get that. I but mean, like idea, I said, it's yeah. a zombie movie without zombies, as which in zombie foreigners. The, the indigenous residents of this. Fictional, well, not fictional, unnamed. Just unnamed, yeah. Because it was filmed in Thailand, and the uh, the Thai government specifically said, please take our <laughs> name off the film. We don't want people thinking that's Call us. it something else. Liland. Exactly. Although it shares a river border with Vietnam, so it doesn't take hmm. much to figure yeah. that one out. Um, basically, you're so uninvolved. You're so sort of... Bored and numbed by it, that you really you regret that Owen Wilson has taken this stab at the genre again after a decade and a half. Mm. You kind of wish you—you you never thought you'd say it, but you want him to go back to comedy and dramadies again. Yeah,
1: and you're like, oh,
0: really? Because I really like Behind Enemy I, Lines. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of any other like kind of action
1: fillers that he's done. Aside no, that, from that's that. it. That and, that's
0: that it, and yeah. this. That's it. And it's fourteen years in between them. Mm. Um, if there were a shred of thought to it, it would be a really solid thriller. But there is no level of thought There's no to level of it. Fault. The best thing I can say about it in terms of in terms of describing it is and this refers to a line that Pierce Brosnan's character constantly refers back to. And this is bear in mind much about a mockney drunk who keeps <laughs> talking about having better days. And that's what you walk away with. Yeah. I wish we'd had better days, Pierce. I wish we'd had better days. Either way, it is not the film of the
1: week no but what is a film of the week I, I think, think we agree on this one pretty actually. unanimously uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl yeah
0: me and Earl and the Dying week. Girl is film of the week hands yeah. down hands down yeah. and uh, I'm sorry Ed Screen but uh, <laughs> your perma-scowl will not save you from this one no so I mean next week next week's going to be interesting next week we get uh, not one Tom Hardy but two we get Legend next yeah. week I'm looking forward to I am as well yeah. more than Tom Hardy I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Eccleston in a
1: movie again because probably oh, be good yeah <laughs> Is it that's, that's not a really poor Marvel sequel. No, exactly. It was yeah.
0: Malkiff, was it? You forget he was even in that. because oh, yeah. makeup and yeah. And
1: that was originally Mads Mikkelsen, who was going to be Doctor Strange. Be Doctor Strange right. yeah.
0: <laughs> so of course we've got Legend next week. We've got Major in the Scorch Trials. See our competition on onscreenfilm.com. I'm sure it's
1: good. I'm sure. It's, I'm trying to dig myself out of the grave. <laughs>
0: Uh, I I I I I have real issues with the Maze Runner, um, but a lot of them have to do with real world sensibilities and not the sensibilities okay, of the yeah. film. Um, but <laughs> we'll we have, see.
1: We might be surprised. We have
0: also got a Woody Allen movie next week, starring Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. and Emma Stone. Uh, this is her second a Woody second, Allen movie in a row, yeah. isn't it?
1: But it's a did, partnership did, now. Which well, did uh, Magic Magic Moonlight, Moonlight with uh, Colin, Colin Firth? Firth. That yeah. was that was last was year, okay, wasn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, because he, he
1: generally does like one a year now, doesn't
0: he? He does, does. one a year, yeah. And uh, so this is Emma Stone's second Woody Allen film after Magic <clears> in the Moonlight. <throat> this is Irrational Man with Joaquin Phoenix. <throat> and of course, the return of Mmm Night Shyamalan. <laughs> mmm Night. Mmm Night, with the found footage, thriller, uh, found footage horror thriller, The Visit. Mm. And that is upon us next week as well. So all those to come and more next week off screen. This has been a Candy Store production for On Screen.
1: I've been Van Connick. My name is Case san and we will be back next week. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen.
0: For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut.
1: That's And I'm Chris Watson. But I arrived too late to be in the show.